0: it's a great, great day. Even though the weather is gloomy outside, there's joy inside the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 Man, we're excited to be with you today. And man, this week we're starting a new sermon series called, How You Doing? Let's say, How You Doing? <laughs> How You Doing? How you, doing? <laughs> you know, that's always a good question to ask somebody is, How You Doing? Because sometimes people will tell you an honest response. But most of the time, if you ask somebody, how you doing, they say, oh, I'm doing good. But on the inside, they're not really doing that well. So this whole series, we're talking about how you're doing, is dealing with our spiritual health. So it's going to be a four-week series where we're going to take one week, uh, one uh, subject each week, and we're going to break down our spiritual health. Because what you, what you realize is that our, there are certain things that are vital. When you go to the doctor's office, they always check your vitals. They want to know, let me check your vital signs to see how you're doing, because that's the most important things. And the definition of vital is that which is absolutely important and essential. That which is absolutely important and essential. And our spiritual health is absolutely important and essential. But a lot of times we we think about our physical health, but we don't take time to think about our spiritual health. So this whole series, how you doing? Is dealing with our spiritual health, and today we're gonna to start off this week, the week number one. We're gonna talk about a healthy spirit. Y'all say a healthy spirit, a healthy spirit. A healthy spirit. And just for you uh, tuning in now or later on, all of the notes for this series and all of our uh, series and sermons are on our app. You can go to New Life Mobile, uh, New Life of Mobile. I'm sorry, New Life Church of Mobile. Uh, download the app. You can see all the notes there. You can follow along. You can add your notes. You can go back and listen to all the sermon series, all the notes. Everything is there on the app. I uh, just wanted to throw that in there. But your spiritual health. But the health industry is the most productive or the most expensive industry in the world. Did y'all know that? The health industry. In 2020, the health U.S. healthcare, uh, we spent $4.1 trillion on healthcare. trillion on healthcare, which averages out to about $12,500 per person. That's a lot of money. And we put a lot of money into our physical health. But like I said, we're going to talk about our spiritual health because just as important as your physical health, your spiritual health is just as important. And when we talked about vitals, the things that are important and essential, I just started to think about things in my life that are vital. One of the things that's vital for me is breakfast. That is absolutely important and essential for me is breakfast. I have to eat breakfast, whether it's cereal, grits, oatmeal, fruit, something. I have to eat something in the morning. I have to eat breakfast because my day doesn't just seem to go right if I don't eat breakfast. For some of you, it might be coffee. Your day can't go well if you don't have your first cup of coffee. I know for tomorrow, that her vital is coffee. She, she loves to wake up early and drink her coffee and read her Bible. That's her thing. She has to have her cup of coffee. But we all have vital things in our life that we deem important and essential. But our spirit should be that that we deem as most important and vital. Amen? Amen. You know, health is important, but health is more important than wealth. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the world if you don't have the health to enjoy it. Health is more important than growth. I know some people are like, I want to grow. But not all growth is healthy. But guess what? Healthy things do grow. So health is more important than growth. Health contributes to the optimum environment for success. If you want to be successful, you need to be healthy. Because healthy things, you want to be the optimum of success in your life, get healthy. Because if you're not healthy, guess what? You're all unbalanced. You're all disoriented. There's nothing that can be successful in your life because you're always in turmoil and discourse and, and defeated and, and downtrodden and all these things. So there are never, you'll never see the success that you want in your life if you're not healthy. But as soon as you can get yourself healthy, guess what? Things begin to turn around and success begins to happen. I want to read this verse in Matthew chapter 26, and then we'll pray. Matthew chapter 26, and then we'll pray. This is one of the most vital points in Jesus' life. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he feels the anguish. He feels the stress. He feels all these things, and he's going, crying out to the Father, saying, Father, take this bitter cup of suffering away from me, but yet if it's your will, let it be done. And he's asking his disciples— can you please, brothers, pray with me? In his time of need, in his time of distress, he's asking his disciples, I need you to pray with me. More, I, in this moment, I know you guys been following me. I need you to pray. And this is what he found the disciples happen when he asked them to pray. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, it says, then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. In his time of need, he found the people that he trusted the most. He found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is what? It's weak. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. I know all of us want to read our Bible. All of us want to pray. All of us want to worship God. But guess what? our flesh is weak and we fall off short and we have good intentions. We are like, Oh, I'm going to wake up this morning. I'm going to wake up. You thinking about the night before I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get me a good playlist going. And I then, then the alarm clock goes, I'm going to just lay down for about 30 more minutes. And then the next thing you know, it's time for you to get up and get ready to get moving. And the time that you set out before to, to get up to worship or pray is going by. And you don't even have time to do it. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we have to recognize that we're not being dominated by our flesh, but that our spirit is healthy and strong and thriving. So I'm going to give you some ways to this is how you recognize a lack of health in your spirit. These are some ways to recognize a lack of health in your spirit. But before we do that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for another opportunity, another day to come into your presence, to seek your face, to draw close to you. I pray that you would draw close to us as we reach out to you this morning. Open up our hearts to receive what you would have today, that we would have a healthy spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're talking about a healthy spirit, a healthy spirit. And these are some ways to recognize You have a lack of health in your spirit. You can write these down. The first way that you can recognize that you have a lack of health in your spirit is you don't have an appetite for God. You don't have an appetite for God. What does that mean? That means when you have an app, one of the things, we have a doctor in the house and the doctor could attest to this. I'm not going to call out the doctor, but everybody knows the doctor. But Every time I go to the doctor and I'm sick, they always ask me They ask me a lot of questions, but one of the questions I always ask is, how's your appetite? How's your appetite? Meaning that they want to know if I've been eating. Because if you lose your appetite, there's a sign that something's wrong. Because the sign of a healthy person is a person that has an appetite. And when you lose your appetite, there's, okay, obviously something is wrong because you don't have a desire to eat. Something is wrong. But when it comes to the things of God, If you don't have an appetite for the things of God, that's a sign to let you know that something is wrong. Something is off. Why don't you have an appetite for the things of God? Because we have an appetite for everything else. Everything else. But when it comes to God, there's no appetite. There's no desire. And you know what happens when there's no appetite for God? It becomes, reading your Bible becomes a chore. Man, I got to read this Bible. I know I'm supposed to, so I guess I'll just go ahead and do it. I know I'm supposed to pray, and it seems like it's a chore. It seems like it's a task, and it's, it, it's, it's not fun to you when you don't have an appetite for God. But boy, when you're hungry for God, you can't wait to read the Bible. When you're hungry for God, you can't wait to get in his presence and pray and to worship because you, your heart desires, your spirit longs to be with him because you hunger for him. But when there's no appetite, you could care less about the things of God. You can, you can think about everything else that's most important that you want to do because those are the things that your flesh is desiring, but your spirit doesn't have an appetite for God. So it says, you know what? I, I, you know what? I don't think I feel like reading my Bible today. I know the weather is outside. Some people say, oh, it's right. Don't, I don't think I'm going to church today. It's going to rain. We can't let our flesh dictate what our spirit desires. What our spirit desires and craves is to be hungry for the things of God. But the problem is, our flesh dominates us. Our flesh takes control. And listen, I know there are seasons of life where we're hungry for God and we're on fire, and then sometimes we're in seasons where that same hunger is not quite there. We've all been there. But we can't let it get to the point where our spirit just begins to lose all of its appetite for the things of God, where we constantly, constantly feed in our flesh. Because your flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In Psalms chapter 42, verse 1 through 2, it says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? David is saying, my thirst, my, my soul, it thirsts for God. I long to be with him. Like a deer pants for water. He's would I long to be in the presence of God. I long to be in fellowship. That's a hungry person. That's the sound of a healthy person. That I, I just can't wait to Wednesday night for prayer so I can get in the presence of God. I can't wait to Sunday morning. I can't wait to Tuesday morning. What's Tuesday morning? That's you in your personal time with God. That's, I just can't wait to get in the presence of God because my soul longs to be with him. Verse 4, it says, but my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. How it used to be. David was in a place where he could remember there was a place, there was a time in my life where I was so hungry for God. I was so on fire for God. I remember how it used to be. That's a sad place to be is when you remember how it used to be. I don't ever want to get to the place where I'm like, "Boy, I remember in 2004, those were the glory days. How it used to be. How I used to be in the presence. Ooh, boy, I'm telling you, I used to be in the presence of God for hours. Where's 2022? Well, I mean, in 2004, though, I remember how it used to be. That's great how it used to be, but what about now? Does my heart still long and thirst for God like it did back then? Because I don't want my most passionate times to be with God when I first remembered him or I first came to him. Because usually that's what happens. You get so on fire for God, that passion is burning so bright, and you always feel like, man, I used to be on fire for God, but the fire is not there anymore. It should be more now than it was back then. And that's what David is saying. I remember how it used to be how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks in the sound of a great celebration. But each day, the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night, I sing his songs and praying to God who gives me life. Meaning that I'm singing songs continually to God. I'm singing his praises at night when I lay in the bed. You know, sometimes when I'm laying in bed, and I can't fall asleep, you know one of the best things to do? Put on some worship music. Because you're thinking about everything else anyway. It's like you might as well just, you know what? I'm just going to get in the presence of God. And you know what happens? A peace will come over you. The busyness of your mind, all the things that you're thinking about you have to do, the next day, guess what? It'll go away just like that. And the peace of God will come over you. as you constantly, but it calls for hunger. If you don't hunger for the things of God, you'll never think to do that. You just lay there, well, I guess i watch Family Feud. i watch the Late Late Show or whatever the case may be, but there has to be a hunger for the things of God. My prayer is that we all have an appetite and that we hunger for the things of God, that our spirit hungers for the things of God. Amen. That's the first way to, lack, to recognize you have a lack of health in your spirit is you don't have an appetite for God. The second thing, the second way to recognize that you have a lack of uh, health in your spirit is your spirit isn't in charge. Your spirit isn't in charge. And we touched on this a little bit. Your spirit isn't in charge because your flesh and emotions are in charge. Well, we could spend a whole year on this topic, subject right here. Our flesh and our emotions. Most of us are driven by our flesh and our emotions. They dictate everything that we do, our flesh and our emotions. Everything that you feel, everything that, every decision you make is driven by your flesh and your emotions, never by the spirit. It's, it's how do I feel to, Oh, I don't feel like it, so I'm not going to do it. But what is God saying? It don't matter. This is how I feel, so I'm not going to do it. Because our flesh and our, and our emotions are in charge. Many of our souls are under the under the control of the dominant flesh nature. Our flesh was never meant to rule but to serve. Our flesh was never meant to rule us but to serve us, but we have it backwards. We're dominated by our flesh. That's why fasts are so important. People are like, oh, I hate going on fast. It was so funny the other day, Camden was like, I can't, when are we going on another fast? I can't wait to drink smoothies. She thinks a fast is all about just drinking smoothies and just we just drinking smoothies. That's what a fast is it's like. No, that's not what a, that's a, yes, you do can drink smoothies doing a fast. But the importance of a fast is I'm trying to deny myself food or deny my flesh so I can build a hunger and desire, desire for the things of God. That's the purpose of a fast. I'm denying my flesh because our flesh is so strong. Our emotions are so strong. I need to break free of my flesh and my emotions, so I need to go on the fast. If you feel like you're being dominated by your flesh and emotions, go on a fast. Just go on a three-day fast. Go on a one-day fast. You say, you know, I'm just going to. You, you try to go on a one-day fast, you'll realize just how strong that flesh is. By 12 o'clock, boy, whopper sure would be good right now. Ooh, I could use me a cup of ice cream right now. That sure would be good. And it's like you start thinking about that, that flesh door, 12 o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock at night. Man, I sure would like me a bag of Oreos right now. That flesh start rising up when you try to deny it. Or just try to tell your flesh no to something that it wants. Just see how you think about it all day. It'll, all day you'll think about it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, it just seems like every commercial is about <laughs> the one thing that you're trying to deny yourself. Because that flesh is strong. Our emotions are strong. But we have to make sure that our spirit is in charge and not our flesh. Yeah. But when, that, when our spirit is not in charge, that's a sign of an unhealthy spirit. That our health is not where it should be because our flesh and our emotions dominate us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 17. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Yeah. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature, nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit wants to give us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Like I mentioned, all of us have good intentions, but there's a war going on between your flesh and your spirit. And whichever one is stronger is the one that's going to always win out. So you have to make sure, am I doing everything that I can to 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 quench the desires of my flesh, but also quench the hunger and the desires of my spirit. Because the more I quench the desires of my spirit, then my flesh, by contrast, will begin to die. And the things that were once hard for me will now become easy. Now things that were temptations, now to the flesh, they don't even bother me anymore. Why? Because I've learned how to deny my flesh and my emotions. But the more that you cater to them and give in to them, guess what? It's going to be hard to break free from them. You know, some people love to live in their flesh and their emotions. You talk to them every, oh, it's not going good. They always want to play you that violin story because everything they do is they live in their emotions. Everything is emotional. Not everything in life is supposed to be emotional. But, boy, if you live in your emotions, everything is emotional because that's where you live. We got to make sure that our spirit is strong. Amen? Third way we recognize that our spirit is unhealthy or is, is uh, number three, is your spirit is dull. Your spirit is dull. What does this mean? This means your senses in the spirit are dull and weak that you can't see, hear, or sense what God is doing around you. When your, when your spirit is dull, God can be moving around you, do awesome things, but you can't even recognize that he's there because your spirit is dull. I, don't just, I just can't figure out what's going on in my life. Everything seems Well, obviously God is trying to speak to you, but because your spirit is so dull, you can't even recognize what God's trying to get your attention. God is trying to speak to you. He's trying to move. He's doing things in your life, but your spirit is so dull, you can't even sense what's going on around you. You ever been in an atmosphere of worship and prayer where everybody seems like they're receiving and they're getting touched by it, and you're trying to figure out what in the world is going on? Your mind is thinking, well, I don't even know this song. You're thinking about everything that's going on except tapping into the Spirit of God. And but Because why? Your spirit is dull. You can't even sense what's going on around you. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets that there ever was. And Elijah was a person that was in tune to the Spirit of God. So much so that he was so in tune to the Spirit that he could hear people's conversations in other places. And the Spirit of the Lord would bring it to him and he would know what their conversations were about. So one case, this same thing happened. He knew that opposing forces were coming to try to attack him. And then one of his assistants got wind of it. And, and when they came and surrounded Elijah, his, uh, his assistant came in and was like, Elijah, Elijah, they're here to take you. And this is what Elijah's response was in 2 Kings, verses, um, 2 Kings verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 17. I'm sorry. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. Then Elijah prayed, O Lord. Open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. What does that mean? The little boy, the the servant was panicking. He thought he just saw everything in the natural. Elijah saw it in the spirit. And he said, open his eyes and let him see what's going on around him. You know, sometimes when you, you need to ask God, God, open my eyes to what's going on around me so that I can see through the spirit and not in the natural. Yes. Because so much we live in the natural. Yeah. Yes, we live in a natural world, but there's a spiritual world. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. But we need to act out. Tune my spirit to what's going on around me. Yeah. Because we could live a whole life lost. I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> I just can't figure anything out. Why? Because your spirit is dull. You can't in tune to anything that God is doing around you. The spiritual world is much, much bigger than the natural world. Much, much bigger. But you have to have a sharp spirit and you have to be in tune with the spirit of God to understand what's going on. Sometimes the season of life you're in, all God's trying to do is get you to get in tune with the spirit so you can see what's going on. So he can explain some things to you. But because you don't crave and hunger and thirst for him, he can't show him to you. So you keep going through circles and cycles of the same thing. Why keep going through all this? Because your eyes are not open to the spirit of God and what he's trying to do. What would the church look like if everybody's eyes was, spiritual eyes were open to what's going on around us? We will be unstoppable. I'm talking about the church of the world, not just new life. Yes, in new life, but just about what if the church eyes were open around the world, Truly to the Spirit of God and what God was trying to do in the earth, we will be unstoppable. It'll be like the book of Acts, it would be that all over times 20, times a million, because there's so many more of us now. But our spirits are dull. We have God tune my spirit to what you're doing. So, those are three ways that we recognize that our spirits. Adult, and each week, I'm just going to give you one simple thing, because I know you hear messages like, so what am I supposed to do with this? I hear what you're saying. I want my spirit to be strong, but how am I supposed to get my spirit strong? I'm going to give you one thing to do each week on each topic to help you so it can be very, very practical and very, very, very simple. The one thing that I want you to do to make your spirit strong is this, is prayer. That's it. How do you make your spirit strong? Prayer. Because the more that you pray and seek God's face, there's a confidence, there's a strength that comes on the inside of you. The number one reason that people don't pray is because they never build memories in prayer with God. When you start to build memories in prayer with God, guess what? It draws you to go back and experience more memories with God. But if you never have memories to fall back on, like it used to be, you'll never think, God, I want greater memories with you. I can think of some great times that I've had in the presence of God, but guess what? I want more of them. Yeah. So it builds a hunger on the inside of me, says, I need to pray more because I need to encounter God more in a real way because I know what I've experienced in the presence of God. Yeah. I could go back to those memories when the enemy tries to come back in my mind with lies and, yeah. and fear and doubt and insecurity and all these things. I'm saying, no, devil, I know what I've experienced and yeah. the moments that I've had in the presence of God through prayer, and it builds my spirit stronger. But if you don't have those memories, you don't have anything to fall back on. And prayer seems like a burden. I want us to pray for an hour. The disciples couldn't even pray for an hour. They kept falling asleep. Why? Because they didn't have those memories at that moment yet. But when they did have those moments, they turned the world upside down. All because they've experienced and encountered something in the presence of God through prayer. What does prayer do? Prayer is vital to your spiritual health. It's vital. It shows your humility. A prideful, arrogant person doesn't pray because they feel like I could do it on myself. If you're prideful and arrogant, you'll never pray. But if you're humble, you say, God, I need you. God, I I don't want to make a decision. I don't want to live a moment without you. I'm totally dependent upon you. A humble person will fall on their knees and cry out to God, God, I need you. I don't know what else to pray, but God, I need you. That's good enough right there. I need you. It shows humility. Prayer also shows faith, meaning that I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that you're already moving and working on my behalf. I may not see it yet, but I have faith to believe that it's going to happen. But if you don't have faith, you'll never pray because you can't see it. Well, I need to see it before I believe it. No, no, no. You need to believe it before you receive it. You need to have faith. But prayer shows a person of faith. But like I said, if you never pray, you never build your faith. So how do we pray more effectively? First way that we pray more effectively is this. We pray without ceasing. We pray without ceasing. Smith Wigglesworth, this is a great quote. He says, I often spend, I'm sorry, he says, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer but I never go more than half an hour without praying. So he never spends more than 30 minutes in prayer, but he never goes more than 30 minutes without prayer. What does that mean? He's praying without ceasing. And I know sometimes we feel like, boy, I got I to schedule this block in my, in my schedule. I'm going to pray for one hour every morning, and I'm going to be with God. So what if I told tomorrow, tomorrow, each morning, we're going to wake up at 7 o'clock, and we're going to spend an hour together from 7 to 8, and we're going to talk. We're going to look in each other's eyes, and we're going to talk, and we're going to express all of our emotions, everything that we're going to. We're going to talk from 7 to 8. And we do that every day. But then 5 o'clock rolls around in the afternoon. And she comes to talk to me. Oh, excuse me. I already talked to you at 7 and 8. <laughs> I've, I've, I've scheduled that 7 and 8 tomorrow morning. That's your time. I know it's 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, but I want to talk. No, no, no. I've already talked to you for an hour. <laughs> we, we, we've, we've already had our time together at 7 this morning. I'll see you in the morning at 7, but that's how we do God. Oh. We'll put time blocks on God and say, well, God, I gave you an hour already. I gave you 30 minutes already. It says, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? I'm constantly having a dialogue with God. Yeah. I'm, it doesn't mean that you have to pray these big, powerful prayers. It just means... Praying all ceasing means I'm constantly in dialogue with God. At any time I can tap in and pray. Like you said, I never pray more than 30 minutes, but I never go more than 30 minutes without prayer. What does that mean? I'm in constant dialogue with God. All throughout my day, I'm in constant dialogue with God because that shows that, God, I'm dependent upon you. I know I was dependent upon you in the morning. Now it's the afternoon. I need you now. Now it's the evening. I need you now. And it shows my love and my appreciation for him. Because I'm praying without ceasing. Praying without ceasing. We, we can make it more complicated than what it is. God, I gave you this time block. Don't put God in a box. Constantly be in dialogue with God. Because also it shows that you love him. Like that scenario I gave with tomorrow. How would that make her feel if I said, no, I gave you my hour. Don't come talk to me now. She's like, do you really care about me? But I want to talk to you now. God is longing to dialogue with you. He's dying to talk to you. He's di- and some people say, well, God doesn't speak to me. Well, do you speak to him? <laughs> Are you in constant dialogue with him? Are you crying out to him? Because I promise you, if you cry out to him, he will cry back out to you. He will speak to you, but you have to make it in your heart to say, you know what? I'm going to be praying without ceasing. 1 yeah. Thessalonians 5.17, it says this simply, pray without ceasing. <laughs> that translation says, never stop praying. I think that's pretty simple. Constant dialogue with God. Amen? That's how you pray more effectively. Second way you pray more effectively. Pray with persistence. To me, praying with persistence means this, is that I bring my request before God. By faith, I receive it and believe that it's going to happen. So now I constantly bring it back to God saying, thank you for answering the prayer for whatever it is that I'm praying about. I'm constantly thanking him and bringing it back to him. That To me, that's what praying with persistence is like, I, yes, I prayed it, but I guess what? Thank you for doing it in advance. I'm constantly bringing it back to God. God, thank you for healing my body. God, thank you for saving my family. God, thank you for opening the door. Thank you for freeing me and delivering me from this. I'm constantly bringing it back to him until I see it come to pass. I'm praying with persistence. But sometimes we pray one time, it didn't happen, and you stop. I heard a story of a lady that prayed for her husband for 50 years to be saved. 50 years to be saved. And finally, on the 50th year, he got saved. What if she would have stopped at year 30 or year 15? That's a long time. I'm not even 50. That's long. 50, 50 years she prayed for her husband to be saved. Finally he got, and every time he talks about the things of God, He breaks down in tears because he thinks about the grace of God and the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. But it was because of persistent prayers of his wife. Where she says, I'm going to, every day she prayed, God, I thank you for saving my husband. I thank you in advance. God, I thank you for saving 50 years. Pray without ceasing. Pray with persistence. How long is it going to take? I don't know. It would be easy if we all knew. But that's the thing. It's a test of our faith. God wants to build your faith. He wants to grow your faith. He wants to stretch your faith. And the way that you do that, you pray with persistence. Meaning God, I hadn't seen it yet, but I thank you in advance because I know that it's already happened. I'm just waiting to fulfill. I'm just waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. And I thank you in advance for what you've already done. Pray with persistence. Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. The problem with that is that's hard because it never tells you when you'll receive it. And that's why people stop praying. And that's why people get discouraged. And that's why people stop trusting God because they don't know when it's going to happen. But I've been praying for X amount of time, and it hadn't happened yet. Keep on knocking. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. But when is it going to happen? I don't know. It's just a test of your faith. But you have to have faith to say, you know what, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to keep praying until I receive it. But if you stop, guess what? You'll never receive it. And then now you're just left with with frustration. Mm -hmm. See, I tried that prayer stuff. It don't work. I tried to get my life in order with God. It don't work. Because you stopped. You weren't persistent. You have to be persistent. Pray with persistence. Third thing, how do we pray more effectively? We pray with confidence. You can't pray prayers of weakness or prayers, well, God, if you can, well, God, if you're able, no, you have to pray with confidence, like, God, I know you hear me, when I come before your presence, God, I know you hear, I'm your child, I know I'm your son, I'm your daughter, I know you hear me when I speak to you, so I humbly come before you, and this is my request, and we pray prayers with confidence. And when you pray prayers of confidence, guess what? God responds. You got to pray with confidence. Pray, f- pray faith-filled prayers. Don't come to God. God, I mean, I know you're busy. And if you can, maybe you could just heal my body a little bit. If you, I mean, if you're willing, if you want to. No, no, no. God, I thank you that your word says by your stripes I am healed. So I receive my healing right now. God, I know it is your will for me to be blessed. I thank you that you're blessing my finances, so I receive it right now. Pray faith-filled prayers. Pray with confidence. But if you never pray with confidence, you'll never receive the things that you've been praying for. Because God wants you to pray with confidence because it shows that you trust him. The only way that you'll pray with confidence is if you really trust God. If you don't trust him, you'll never pray with confidence. It'll always be, well, I guess I'll try it and see if it works but if you truly trust him, you will pray with confidence. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe, you will receive it. It will be yours. That's confidence. It's talking about praying with confidence. The fourth thing, pray in accordance to God's will. Pray in accordance to God's will. First John Chapter five, verse fourteen. It may this translation may be a little different than, than yours, but I'm reading out the, the NASV. SB. It says, "This is the confidence which we have before Him that if we ask for anything according to His will, He hears us, according to His will." So, meaning that if there's anything in the Bible, we already know that is God's will. Anything that you pray in the Bible, that you see in the Bible, that is God's. Will So all my prayers, I pray according to the word of God, meaning that I can't pray things outside of God's will and expect them to happen. I can't say, God, this wife that you gave me, I'm not really feeling this. (laughs) But Susie over there that's married to John, that's who I want my wife to be. Can you please give me? Uh, Susie, Let that be my wife. That, that's not according to God's will. That's outside of God's will. But people pray prayers like that all the time. Just crazy stuff. you never receive anything that you're praying outside of God's will. You have to, what does God's will, is it God's will for you to be healed? Yes. Then that's his will. Pray according to his will. Is it, is it God's will for you to be blessed? Yes. Is it God's will for you to be free? Yes. Is it God's will for your family to be saved? Yes. It is for God's will that one should perish. No, no that's according to his will. I caught you there. <laughs> but my point is this that it's talking about salvation, that none shall perish, meaning that I could pray for anyone that, that God move on their heart to be saved, and by his faith, that's his will, yeah. because not one should perish. So that means I could boldly pray for my family members to be saved, because not one should perish. Yeah. He doesn't desire, not, that's, his will. that's his will. We have to pray according to his will pray according to his will Get in. that's why you gotta get in the word to know what the word says so you can pray according to his will cause some people praying stuff that think in the bible that's not in the bible you know may showers bring may flowers oh april showers bring may flowers so I'm just praying for a harvest what? that ain't even what are you talking about Like that's not even in the word but it sounds good And they just pray, it's catchy, and they pray every, that's not according to God's will. Pray according to God's will. What does his word say? Pray for that, amen? Amen. Fifth thing, pray in the spirit. This is a big one, pray in the spirit. If you're struggling in your prayer life, ask the Holy Spirit to help you become strong by praying in the spirit. There's oftentimes situations and um, decisions that have to be made that I don't know what to do. The first thing I do is I start praying in the spirit. Because I know the longer I pray in the Spirit, eventually the Holy Spirit will speak to me and quicken an answer, quicken a verse, quicken some, a word of wisdom or something to give me the answer to what it is that I'm facing. I was in here yesterday praying in the Spirit, and we're talking about a healthy spirit. I was just in here, before I even started praying in, in, with natural words or in English, I just started praying in the Spirit, and then a song just arose in my heart. And I just started singing that song. And guess what? Instantly, my, my spirit began to get stronger. And I, a refreshing came over me like, like I'm like, man, this is what I needed. I wasn't even thinking about that song. But just because I was praying in the spirit, the spirit brought it back to me. And, it, and it, it just caused this strength to come on inside of me. Sometimes we don't pray in the spirit enough. We feel like I know what to pray. Sometimes you don't know what to pray. And that's why we have to pray and the Spirit, when we surrender to the Holy Spirit and allow him to pray through us, he gives us the words to pray. I'm telling you, sometimes you're not going to always know what to pray. That's right. You're not. That's why you have to pray in the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you to say, ah, now I know what to pray. Never pray. If there's a situation that you're dealing with, you got to pray in the Spirit. Don't never make a decision without praying in the Spirit about it before. You get a bad report from the doctor, guess what? You're going to need to pray in the Spirit. Things not going your way, think, your life is in shambles? you need to pray in the Spirit. Yes. And praying in the Spirit, you say, well, how does it change? Because you're tapping directly into the throne room of God. You speak it directly through the Holy Spirit, and it's going to speak directly back yes. to you. We need to pray in the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Those are the ways that we have an effective prayer life. And I just want to challenge you this week. How do I get a healthy spirit? Pray. Pray according to those things that we just talked about right there. Just pray. Pray. But the problem with prayer is, it goes back to these four things I want to close on. Every one of us, if you're a God, you have kings in your life. And if you're a lady, you have queens in your life. And these kings and queens, they rule us. And because they rule us, it makes praying and your spirit become weak. And it makes prayer hard because these kings and kings, queens and kings, they rule us. So what are those? What's the first king or queen? It's our bodies. We lavish our bodies with the best of the foods this world has to offer. The the best that Mobile has to offer in food and cuisine, we lavish our bodies. We clothe them in royalty, in Gucci and gold. We do everything that we can to make our bodies the best that we can. We do everything we can to, to feed the king and queen, which is our body. Oh, my body needs rest. My body needs to exercise. All those things are great. But guess what? When we die, our bodies don't go into eternity with us. You know what goes into eternity with you? Your spirit. Am I saying neglect your body? No. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that. Don't put more emphasis on your body than your spirit. Because some of us, that's what we put more emphasis on the outer, on what we look like, our appearance. Oh, how do, how do I look? How do I feel? How do I, what am I eating? We put more time in that than we do on, on a schedule with God. We have more time, more people do more meal prep than they do on reading their Bible. They got it down to a science. Oh, I got on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I eat uh, fried grilled chicken, and and they got all these things down, but they don't know what they're doing when it comes to their spirit. Don't put more emphasis on that. What's the second quick king or queen? It's our stuff. We love our stuff, our possessions. We love to display all of our stuff. Our stuff won't make it to us in the grave, and it won't go beyond. Someday, all of the stuff that you treasure, somebody else will have, or it it end up in the dump. One or two places. Somebody's going to take it, or it's going to end up in the dump. Your prized possessions, whatever that is. That fancy car that you have, one day is going to be rotted out in the junkyard. But you spend your time waxing it and shining it and polishing it real good. You know, some men spend more time on their cars than they do anything else. That's their pride and joy. It's this, that beautiful old school car, that muscle car, that whatever it is, they spend more time on their stuff than they do on their spirit. We can't put more emphasis on our stuff than our spirit. Stuff comes and goes. It fades away. Things that you treasured long ago, you don't even know where they are now. Things that you never, ah, i would never depart from this, you don't even know where it's at. Oh, I forgot this was in the closet. I forgot I had this. But at one point, you thought you could, don't get caught up in stuff more than your spirit. What's another thing? Another king or queen is our family and friends. We could put more emphasis on our family and friends than our spirit. Am I saying neglect your family and friends? No, that's not what I'm saying. But when it becomes more a priority to spend time with them and to take care of them than to take care of your spirit and, re- and your relationship with God, That's an issue. Some people live to serve other people, and by consequence, their spirit begins to suffer. They lose sight of who they are and the things of God because they neglect their spirit because they're trying to do everything else for everybody else. But your spirit, where's your spirit? How's your spirit doing? Don't neglect, because when you stand before God, I love my family, I love my friends, it's just going to be me and God. (laughs) It's just going to be me and God Face to face. I can't take them with me and stand before, but God, I was taking care of my family and my friends. Yeah, but what did what did you do with our relationship? My spirit. It's got to be more important than that. Fourth thing is our spirit. The king of queens should this should be the most important thing that you value and take care of is your spirit. Is your spirit? Don't neglect your spirit to take care of everything else in comparison. Your spirit, what What does that mean? That means this. The relationships I have, the places that I go, the things that I see, the things that I intake, I'm making sure, am I grieving the spirit inside of me? Am I grieving the Holy Spirit? If I am, I need to cut it off immediately. Not next week, now. I need to cut it off now because my spirit is more important than anything else by comparison. Nothing is more important than than your spirit, because your spirit is what lives forever. Not your body, not your clothes, not your stuff, your spirit. Your spirit will live forever. We're going to get new bodies, thank God. You're going to get, but your spirit. We got to care for our spirit. We got to make sure that our spirit is numero uno, number one, top priority. Do I have a healthy spirit? If you don't have a healthy spirit, that's a miserable life to live because there's no peace. There's no purpose. There's no joy. There's nothing to look forward to because your spirit is in turmoil. You're defeated. You're lost. You're upset. You're discouraged. All because your spirit is not strong. But when your spirit is strong, whoo! you can't be stopped. God, what you want me to accomplish today? You wake up, you jump out of the bed. God, what you want me to do today? I can't wait to spring into your word. That's a strong spirit. I desire for each and every one of us to have a strong spirit. And guess what? It's going to happen. Yes. Not it will. It's going to happen. Yes. Every one of us. You watch it online. Are we going to be strong in spirit? Say, I'm going to be strong in spirit. Strong in spirit. That's what this whole series is about. The vital things that are most important, our health. First thing today, a healthy spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you right now for your word. I thank you that you've given us a desire to hunger for you, Lord God, to hunger for prayer, that our souls will begin to long and to thirst, to be in your presence, to be in your word, to just to commune with you, that we would have an appetite for the things of God, where our spirits, are strong let us deny our flesh and our emotions let us not be driven and dictated by our flesh and our emotions lord but let us be driven by the spirit and what the spirit will desire for us to do i thank you right now for each and every person under the sound of my voice i pray that you give us the strength lord god the determination, Lord God, the confidence to say that I will pour into my spirit, that I will put my spirit first priority, that I will do anything that I can to draw close to the spirit to deny my flesh. Thank you that you're with us, in every lie, every attack of the enemy that will try to hinder what was spoken today. Let it fall on good ground that we all know that we walk out of this place encouraged, knowing that I am strong in spirit. And I thank you for our prayer life, that as we go into prayer, that you will begin to reveal yourself to us in new ways. That the presence of God will begin to flow in the meeting rooms. When we come in on Wednesday nights, Lord God, I thank you for a sweet fragrance, a sweet presence, Lord God, that will begin to touch our hearts, that usher us into the very throne room and the presence of God, Will you be able to speak to complex situations, issues that we've been walking through that felt like just been holding us down for years. I pray that we find freedom in your presence as we offer up our spirits in prayer. Lord, let us not neglect prayer. Let it be the catalyst for a strong spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You can keep your heads bowed. I just want to give one final invitation. That's for anyone that wants to give their heart to the Lord this morning. You know if the Lord is speaking to your heart or not. And anyone under the sound of my voice, you want to come into right relationship with the Lord, I want to pray with you. I want to give you an opportunity. To accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, you're in the room, you're watching online. I want you to, if you're in the room, just lift your hand. Just to acknowledge, I want to be in right relationship with the Lord. Just lift your hand. Amen. Amen. I just want to ask everyone just to do this. Just to place your hand over your heart and repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I deserve to de- the death penalty but you took my place and I'm grateful and I'm thankful that you took the place, that you paid the cost, that you love me to take my place. And in return, I surrender my life to you. And I pray that you lead me and guide me for all the days of my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning for those that made a decision to follow christ if you're online and you made that decision just let us know in the comments section uh, let us know just say i made a decision we'll reach out to you pray with you throughout the week uh, if you're in the room you made a decision just in the seat back in front of you there's a card that says i made a decision fill that out and drop it off in the, in the uh, offering bucket on doing offering and we will connect with you through with you through the week let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow christ Man, that's week one of how you doing. So how you doing? You strong in spirit? Y'all feeling good? Yes. That's just week one. We're going to go deeper next week in week two of how you doing. But before we let you go online, before we disconnect from you guys, I want to invite you to prayer this Wednesday, 630. We will be in the building for one hour prayer. Love for you to be in the room. And also, if you're prepared to give online, there's a couple ways that you could do that. You could go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. On the home page, there's a give online tab. Just uh, click that link you can give, or also you could download our app, download our app on the app store, Google Play Store, New Life Church of Mobile dot, uh, New Life Church of Mobile, find our app, you can give that way as well. But let's pray and then you guys are dismissed for online. Lord, I thank you for the tithe that's coming in today. I pray that you bless each and every person that's giving. Let it be stretched, let it be blessed, Lord God. Multiply them, need their needs, meet everything that they have, let there be no lack. And I thank you, Lord God, for what you're gonna do. Let us be strong in spirit as we go throughout the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining in with us online. We love you guys. Hope to see you this Wednesday at 6 30. Y'all have a great day. Amen. Amen. Well, look at your neighbor and say, how you doing? How you doing? It's so good to see you guys. Well, guys, one, one more time. We do have prayer at 630. This is a great way to exercise a healthy spirit. Be here at 630 for one hour. If you came prepared to give you weight, you may do that as we are dismissing. Once you stand to your feet, let me say a prayer, a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for your people. May your face shine upon us. Lord God, may you smile over us. Lord God, may you give us peace. Lord God, I thank you For this room, Lord God, you're with us, you're for us. We're strong in you. In Jesus' mighty name, you guys are properly dismissed. You may give at this time as well. Yeah. your baby.